the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. As we come to the last Sunday of the year, looking back as well as looking forward, I thought a good topic to speak on today is the precious gift of memory. The precious gift of memory. Memory is a precious gift from God. But all too often, we forget the things that we ought to remember. Many of us are like the absent-minded man who tried to tie a string around his finger in the early afternoon to remind him when he got home that there was something he wanted to be sure to do. After dinner, while reading his newspaper, he noticed a string but couldn't remember why it was there. He decided that if he sat up long enough, the reason for the string would come back to him. And surely enough, around 2 a.m., it did. He wanted to go to bed early that night. <laughs> Often in Scripture, God tells us his people to remember because we cannot really appreciate who we are unless we remember what we used to be. Today I want to talk about remembering the things that are important. God has given us something that you and I can remember that can help us to live out the purpose that he has given us for our lives. I'm going to put them into three categories, as you see here on your outline. What to remember about the past, what to remember in the present, and what to remember for the future. So what to remember about the past? Number one, remember when you first came to Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, 32 and 35, we read, Don't ever forget those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. Remember when you first came to Christ, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. 
Some of you have been believers for a long time. Others are perhaps new believers. And there may be some here, or those listening to me, who, who uh, have not yet made the decision to make Christ the Lord of their life. But to those of you who are relatively new believers, I say don't forget the early days of your new relationship with Jesus Christ. After a few years go by, it's easy to forget how much Jesus has changed your life and the difference he has made uh, in your life. And it's human nature. We tend to remember what's new and forget something that's been around for a while. But God says one of the things I want to help you remember is what it means to be a child of God, what it means to place your life in the hands of God. Because, you see, when you came to Christ, he did a spiritual makeover on your life, even though you may not think of it in, in those terms. Just like all of those TV shows where they do a makeover of a person or a house, when you see the end result, you have this instant, wow, what a difference. And that's what happens when we first came to Christ. We feel this instant wow. Look at the difference between where I was before and where I am now. For many of you, the wow has gone away. If you could only think back to and retrieve or relive where you were right before you came to Christ, and remember the excitement, the freedom, the peace, and the joy you had when Christ took charge of your life, things would be different. Is remember the difference that Jesus Christ made in your life at a certain point. I still remember my life being flooded with a sense of purpose that I never had before after I accepted Christ as my Savior. I knew I had a reason to live that I had not had before. And so the scripture is telling us to remember those days because those are important days in your life. Maybe it's not so much when you, when you came to Christ, but it could be at your baptism. When something happened to you, you grasped the, the meaning of what it meant to be a child of God. And I would suggest that perhaps you could write on your bulletin something you remember about when you first came to Christ or when you were first baptized. It might be a date, it might be a person, it might be a feeling, just something that you remember as you think about when you first made the decision to accept Jesus Christ. For some of you, that's a decision you haven't made yet, and my prayer is that you write on your bulletin today's date and say, this is the day I'm going to, to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Or this is the day I'm going to become a part of a Christ-centered caring church. But the second thing to remember about the past is the miracles that God has done. The miracles that God has done. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse, and verse 12 says, 
Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and rulings he has given. The NIV says his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. So what is a miracle? A miracle is an event for which the only explanation is God. When someone with a terminal illness gets better and the doctors can find no reason for that happening, that's a miracle. When someone walks away from an automobile accident after the vehicle has been totally destroyed, that's a miracle. When someone finds hope in a hopeless situation, that's a miracle. When a dead relationship is brought back to life, that's a miracle. You see, God does miracles every day in our lives. We all have struggles and trials to go through. But God says, don't just think about the struggles. Remember the miracles. Remember the good things that have taken place in your life. You need to hold on to them to live the kind of life that God wants you to live here and now. They will get you through the tough times. They will give you the strength that you need to keep on keeping on. So why does God do miracles? To show you his character. To show you what he is like. As Deuteronomy chapter 7 and, and verse 9 says, Remember that the Lord is the only God and that he is faithful. See, that's one of the things the miracles uh, remind us of that God is faithful. He is, is a God that we can depend on. God's dealing with People's Baptist Church since its founding in 1805 is a reminder of the faithfulness of our God. Think of what our forebears have accomplished and you can see God's faithfulness and miraculous power at work. On August 8, 1805, 20 freed slaves, having nothing to their names but a strong faith in God, organized the first black church in New England, the first African uh, Baptist church. With no money, they set out to construct a house of worship. I can see in my mind's eye the skeptics, the, the doubters, who thought they were crazy to think that they could raise enough money to build a place of worship. They were naive enough to believe in a God of miracles. And 16 months later, they completed the African meeting house on Beacon Hill and dedicated it to the glory of God. Just think of how much our Christian ancestors accomplished down through the years without wealth, without education, without political influence, without social status. And you can see that God is a God of miracles. But do you know what God's greatest miracle is? God's greatest miracle is a changed life. If God has changed your life, that is his greatest miracle as far as you're concerned. Because only God could do that. Only when God shows up can that happen. A little while ago, many uh, of us were spiritually dead, and God made us alive by his spirit. We were blind spiritually, and God gave us sight. We were lame, and God gave us the ability to leap with joy. We were a prisoner of Satan, and he set us free. Through divine grace, 
We now have victories over personal habits and desires that we never thought possible. When you think of, um, in fact, I was talking with someone recently who mentioned someone, uh, one of our new members in the church, and the person said, I am just amazed at the change that has taken place. That person used to drink, used to be on drugs, and um, it was difficult just to talk to the person, and now the person is so different. And um, I want to be part of People's Baptist Church because of what I've seen in that person. God changes lives, praise God. See, there was a time when we read the Bible, which made no sense to us. But now we can read a passage of of Scripture, and the truth becomes so real that you have to stop reading and start praising God. And only God could do that. I've seen Christians on their deathbed, their bodies wasting away, yet their spirit was stronger than ever. Sick, feeble, and, and gasping for breath, yet the glory of God was reflected on their faces as they prepare to enter the presence of the eternal God. Only God could do that. So remember when you first came to Christ and remember the miracles that God has wrought in your life. That's something that will, that will keep you going in the tough times that you may have to face in the new year. But, the, but secondly, what to remember in the present? No one remember to be gracious. Remember to be gracious. People all around us need us to be gracious. What we remember changes how we act. When you and I remember certain things in this life, we're able to be gracious in a way we just couldn't be otherwise. And sometimes, in the day in which we are living, when I think of all that is going on in Washington, and the, the incivility and the, the lack of concern for, for the poor and the distressed, I wonder whether they know the grace of God. And what makes it so difficult for me, and, and probably, probably for you, is that there are so many Christians, or people who call themselves Christians, by believing Christians, who have bought into what is going on and will not say a word against um, what is happening. It's in human terms, being gracious just means being polite, being civil, being kind, being helpful. In God's terms, being gracious means literally showing somebody grace, God's kind of grace. So the question is, do you show people grace? If not, what could you remember that would help you to be kind to someone who doesn't even deserve your kindness. It's really easy to get focused on ourselves. It's easy to be selfish and uh, instead of being gracious. You see the slow cashier in the grocery store line as a five-minute interruption to your day rather than someone who may be struggling to keep their job, who 
probably just got the worst news of their life five minutes ago. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. You see the one in your family who is struggling right now as just a drain on you rather than seeing their hopelessness and the drain that is in their own lives. You see the driver who just um, cut in front of you on the highway or on the street as a physical embodiment of Satan rather than someone who just made an honest mistake. You don't know what they were thinking about and, and they just weren't, weren't thinking at all and made an honest mistake. He said they need the love of God just like you and me. That's why Jesus came into this world and to show grace to others is a reminder of what God has done for us. It's the ultimate way that God shows us grace is by forgiving us of our sins. And the ultimate way he asks us to show grace to others is by forgiving the people who hurt us and the people who we find difficult to get along with. And so Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, Paul says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Not you ought to, but you must if you are a child of God. The only way I can find the strength to forgive is to remember how much God has forgiven me. So when I remember that, then he gives me the strength and the grace to forgive others. There's a famous story of Clara Barton, the founder of the Red Cross. A friend reminded her of an especially cruel thing that someone had done to her some years before. And Mrs. Barton acted like she didn't remember it. Don't you remember, the friend asked. And her famous line was, no, I distinctly remember forgetting it. So what do you need to distinctly remember forgetting? It's if you don't forgive, then you're not going to enjoy God's presence and God's vision for the rest of your life. Because unforgiveness will keep you stuck in the past. You need to forgive for your own sake. And then you need to get on with the rest of your life. Forgiveness is not saying that what somebody did was right. It is not saying that they shouldn't take the consequences for what they did. It is just saying, God, I am handing over that person to you. Instead of me holding bitterness in my heart. God, you, you have forgiven me. Help me to forgive the person who has uh, offended me, who has done bad things to me. So remember to be gracious. That's a part of what God wants us to remember. Always remember to be gracious. When you are being unkind, when you are trying to get back at someone, remember how gracious God has been to you and be gracious to them. But the second thing is, remember to be generous. Remember to be generous. Why is it so important to remember to be generous? Because it makes us more like God. It helps us remember that, that, um, that people and not things are what's really important in life. 
it, it um, breaks the, the materialism which is a part of, of um, our society and which we are bought into. Acts chapter 20 and verse um, 35 says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So why should I remember to be generous? Because it makes me happy. I'll be blessed. Most people believe that it will make them more happy to get rather than to give. And Jesus said the exact opposite of that. It makes you more happy when you give than when you receive. You may not realize it, but that is what Jesus says, and Jesus is never wrong. And if you wait long enough, you will, you will discover it for yourself. So God is generous with us, and he encourages us to be generous with others. Now, the second reason that you and I uh, want to be generous is that it makes good sense. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse uh, 6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Every one of us wants others to be generous to us. But do you think that by sowing selfishness, you're going to reap generosity from God and others? God says that's not the way life works. There is a law of sowing and reaping, and you do not reap, and you, and you do reap what you sow. So it makes good sense to be generous, because when you sow a good seed of generosity, you will, you will uh, receive it back. And sometimes, even if you don't, your children will and your grandchildren will. But there's a third reason. It shows the world what God is like. The Apostle Paul, speaking about the generosity of the Corinthian people in supporting those who are in need, says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13, says, you'll be glorifying God through your generous gifts, for your generosity to them will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So when it comes to generosity, what encourages me is to remember the incredible generosity of God. Look at the world we get to live in. Look at the life he gave us. Look at the way he meets our needs. It's easy to notice the unmet needs that we have. It's easy to see things that don't work. But look at how many things do work. Look at the fact that you and I have been given life itself. We are alive and breathing, and we could be in the grave someplace. But um, quickly, let's look at what to remember for the future. What to remember for the future. So remember, our God commands us to not only remember things in the past and the present, but he wants us to remember some things about the future as well. Because none of us knows what the future holds, it can cause us to worry, to have anxiety, and to, and to be fearful. But God doesn't want us to be afraid of the future. 
That's why 365 times in the Bible, God says, fear not or do not be afraid. That is one for every day of the year. You see, God wants us to face the future with faith, not with fear. So as we look at 2018, we should not be fearful of what will happen then, but we should really have faith in what God is going to do in 2018 in our lives. And so he wants us to never to forget two important things. Number one, remember God will be with you. Remember God will be with you. No matter what you face in, you will face in 2018, and you don't know what that will be, you are never going to face it alone. I said, chapter 43, verses 2 and 3, God says, When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So this is the key to courage. There's nothing to fear when you know God is near. On your own, you might drown, but in Hebrews chapter 30 and verse 5, uh, we read, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you may feel alone right now. You may feel it, but you are not alone. So just don't depend on your feelings. If you depend on your feelings, you'll be in big trouble. Depend on the fact of what God has said. God sees what we are all going through. God cares about, about what we are going through, the situation that, um, that we have encountered and we have to face day after day. But you can be certain that he'll be with us and he'll help us if we trust him. So remember, one plus God equals a majority. But the second thing about the future is, remember, God finishes what he starts. God finishes what he starts. And Paul makes this quite clear in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, where he says, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's what God starts, he finishes. And this is why we can have uh, faith that we cannot lose our salvation because God is the one who called us to himself and gave us salvation and he will see to it that we end, um, we end up where he wants us to be. You know, I've heard um, people from time to time, even here in People's Baptist Church, say, I hope I'll make it in. <laughs> well, you don't have to hope that you'll make it in. You are in, and there's nothing that can prevent you from seeing the face of God and being in the presence of Christ one of these days, because what he begins, he completes. It's where God guides, he provides. And where God leads, he meets our needs. But he's going to test us first, because there's no testimony without a test. So generations have preceded us, and generations will succeed us. 
when we all get together at the end of life's journey, we shall be the marvels of eternity. The angels and the archangels in heaven are going to look at us with wondering eyes and say to one another, here are men and women who serve God faithfully in their time here on earth. They have fulfilled God's eternal purpose for their lives. Though they encountered all kinds of trials and tribulations, they have triumphed over the powers of evil. There is not one of them in whom God's eternal purpose has failed. There is not one in whom the power of Christ's blood has failed. Worthy is the Lamb, they will say. Worthy is the Lamb who has saved them through his grace, forgiven them through his mercy, lifted them through his love, redeemed them through his blood, justified them through his atonement, sanctified them through his truth, calmed them through his peace, comforted them through his presence, strengthened them through his power, and encouraged them through his promises. Worthy is the Lamb. Now they shall never again be perplexed by problems. They will never again be confused by circumstances. They'll never again be frustrated by failures, tormented by troubles, shocked by tragedies, burdened by blunders, discouraged by defeats, hindered by hardships, attacked by adversities, and forsaken by family and friends. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and praise. And brothers and sisters, we shall spend eternity speaking about Christ's loving kindness, his tender mercies, his sufficient grace, his abundant blessings, and his unfailing love. And I don't know about you, but when I think about what I will be, what God has provided for me as one of his redeemed children, I can say with the hymn writer, on that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of his resurrection share, when the chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies, and the role is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the role is called up yonder, when the role is called up yonder, when the role is called up yonder, I'll be there. Will you be there? Oh, I, I certainly hope to see you there, because we have had a good relationship here serving God. And I know that we are going to have an even greater relationship when we are in the presence of God throughout the age of eternity, just giving him praise and, and glory and honor. So may God bless you. May God encourage you as you end to 2017 and move into 2018. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617 617- 427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.